Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra, the rather odd podcasts with the occasional giggles and nonsensical dialogue. My name is Jean-Paul Wright. Thank you for continuing to send us in your questions and subjects you'd like either myself on this Talking Flutes Extra pod or Klaus Southworth on her Talking Flutes podcast to answer and include in future pods. One in particular question concerning the opening and closing music of this Talking Flukes Extra regularly comes up. It's called Besseme Mucho and is played here by the wonderful musician and flute player Giovanni Perez. Some of you have also noticed that the recordings are different each week. And you're correct. We asked Giovanni, when we initially asked him to do the recordings, to chill with the Besseme theme. And he's used C flutes, alto and bass in each of the recordings, which is why I am able to choose a different version each week. Now, for a first in Talking Flutes Extra, not only am I dialing in to somewhere very, very long way away, we're actually dialing in to... Where am I dialing into, Elizabeth? Uh, China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Hello, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Frank, everybody. Hey. Hello, people. Hang Hello, Tim Paul. Hang on. Hang on. Where is it? I've lost it. I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to have to start this again. I forgot where the applause was. <laughs> what was that? I, ha- I have effects on my monitor. And I forgot where the button was for applause. Very nice introduction. Love it. No, it's not that one. No, that's not that one. That's freaky, isn't it? (laughs) There we go. It's that one. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know the button. I'm going to start this again, Elizabeth. Okay. And a first for Talking Flukes Extra is that I'm dialing into China to speak to a wonderful, wonderful flute player. She is the lovely, delectable, delightful Elizabeth Frank. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Jean-Paul. Hello, yes. people. Yes. But we can do it again. Yeah, I think, I actually think I pressed this one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit spooky. <laughs> I'm very unfair for you, my lady. Elizabeth, how beautiful to speak to you. What time is it over there in, um, in China? So it's almost 6 p.m. now. Ah, have you had a busy day? Yep. We had rehearsal for the concert that we're playing on Friday, so in two days, right? Yeah. And... Then I also had another rehearsal because I'm also doing a chamber music concert on Sunday. So this week has been a bit crazy, but nice. Elizabeth, Frank, yeah. as what's a lovely Spanish lady doing is, as principal flute of a Chinese orchestra? Well, that's something I, I used to ask myself sometime, many times. <laughs> but it was after like doing auditions and just getting the job. And... It's not, now this month is exactly one year that they started in Tianjin. So it's been quite a while now. One year. Wow. Yes. And, yes, yes. And you, I, I noticed from your Facebook posts that you're flying constantly backwards and forwards. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've been. There's always, there's always that plane in the air. Just leaving back to uh, China from my beloved Spain. I, I miss my beloved Spain. I have to say that. <laughs> but anyway. What do, you miss, what do you miss most, Elizabeth? Um, I would say the weather. Yeah. Uh, the people, of course, like friends, family, the food. Although oh, I have yes. to say I like very much uh, Chinese food. I really got very well adapted here. But I I do miss my country, of course. I mean, I think for everyone who lives away, it's, it happens. But then you see also the nice things in the place you live. And I take it like a really beautiful experience to being in China now. Yeah, and the, your, your principal flute of a very good orchestra, aren't you? Mm, yes, it's good. I mean, it's it's a bit tired because we have a pretty busy schedule, but it's great because I'm I'm playing like a lot of the first works that are good to play and not no after many years of practicing the the, the orchestral except it's like <laughs> finally I play for real and not in the room or over a CD or, or or an audition. So only for that, it's it's really nice. And are there many European uh, musicians in the orchestra? Uh, three, something me. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. you have a small club of three. Yes, but then, but we are like we we also knew from even from before the orchestra we were friends before, so it's something really nice what happened there. And uh, I have to say, even if we are only three, the people in the orchestra, the Chinese people, are really kind to us. So it's it feels like a small family. Somehow, uh, well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be telling a lie if I told you if I was to come over to China and I was Spanish. What I would miss most is that wonderful cerveza and also the patata bravas. I, yes, you got me there. I mean, I'm not that much for beer, but I love wine, for instance, or uh, cava, which is a Spanish champagne. Mm-hmm. And this, I really miss it. Even if I try to find it here, it's not the same. No, we get that in uh, England, yes. actually. We get that in England because I go to Spain a lot and the cava I drink in Spain is very different to the cava I buy in England. Happens. Yeah, I asked because once I asked where the place, when I was back in Spain to the place, I usually buy it from well, from my family since I was small. And they say that because, for instance, in China, they like more sweet. So that's why the cava they make for here, it's different from the one they make for Spain. Ah. So... Yeah, so I, I had a big disillusion, in fact, because one day, like after, I remember it was like some months ago, after knowing a very good meal, I remember I was like, okay, today I will go to that supermarket and buy that bottle of cava that is like way so expensive, like five times the price that it should be in Spain, but only because I say, okay, this time you can do it for once. And I was so excited. I had it in the fridge, everything ready. <laughs> and when I opened it, it was Totally a disaster. It was not the same. I was like, no, I was kind of crying almost. <laughs> it was too sweet, yes. It was too sweet. I was like, this is not cava. That's true, <laughs> but because anyway. the, the cava you get in Spain is very dry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re- it's really dry. It's not like the Italian uh, Prosecco's no. or this kind of something. Really, it's not, a, it's not at all that sweet. Oh. And that's why I like it. I mean, sweet at the end, it's like, it's not that good. So, Elizabeth, take me back to the very beginning. When did you start playing the flute and why? 
Well, uh, I started before uh, uh, picking up the flute. I started with piano when I was eight years old, I think. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then from piano, I added another instrument, which was violin. (laughs) (laughs) Violin. From violin, I didn't like it, so I switched to viola because I still wanted to play some string. And when I was 12 years old, and I was doing my piano lesson, you know, like very boring, doing the scales and arpeggios and the, all, all these things. The room next to the, in, the, in the conservatory was the room for the flute. So I was always hearing the flute and I was saying, this, these people is always having fun playing. They play nice tunes, they play little things. It, it was like, I would like to do flute. So then I dec- I, at 12 years, I decided I wanted to play the flute. But of course, when I went home and I say that after playing piano, violin, viola, it was enough. My parents were like, enough, no, not another one. <laughs> but then talking a bit more, they say, well, why not give it a try? And then you, you have tried everything. So I started flute like quite late. I have to say I was like that, 12, 13 years old. And then, and actually my first flute, was a Trevor James. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That's such a that's such a nice story. Story I think. I remember when I had when we had to buy it. They say okay, so the flute you need to buy the instrument, and they suggested they say this is a very good instrument, and we went out of Spain. We drive with my family to Andorra, the country next, and we went there to buy the flute. I remember that, and it was like. Not something I remember. I was like taking the instrument in the hand, like so nervous, and it was like, "Wow, that's great!" But I have no idea how to play this, so I had to wait until I had the first lesson, right? That of course I didn't play anything after the first le- lesson. Yeah, we know how frustrating it is to start flute, <laughs> but that was my beginning with the flute. So, if you bought your flute in Andorra, that would be an open hole in line G, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yes. That's not an easy flute to start on, is it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I mean, I mean it had a huge, uh, big re- response, very quick response. I mean, even for a student that sometimes, you know, you, you, you hit it or something. It was like I never, never had any, any, any problem with it. And I had it like quite a, for a, a lot of years. I mean, I had that flute. I want to exaggerate, but... I think I played on that more than eight years. Wow. Uh, do you still play with yeah. the G key in line or do you now play offset G? Yes, always. No, always online, open holes. You know, we're, we're quite a rare breed, aren't they? Because I'm, I'm in, in line. I play in line. G. Mm. And do you play, yeah. do, you play do you have a C foot or B foot? B foot. Yeah. You then obviously progressed and you obviously progressed really, really quickly. Because you've competed in lots of competitions around the world, haven't you? <laughs> yes, but that has been more in the past years, in the most recent years. As a student, I have to say I was not so, I, I don't think I was something very special, special. Also because I was playing for some years the three instruments, so I couldn't play practice that much to say each instrument. So if I had to play every day piano, viola, flute, it was uh, quite too much. Sometimes I, I, I was regretting it when I uh, at some some years ago. I was thinking maybe it was a mistake uh, that I did not focus from the beginning, or maybe I started too late. But then with years, I I believe it was 
also a very good uh, option to do these instruments because somehow by practicing the other instruments, you still learn on the, on on another instrument. Yeah, do you think? Sorry, sorry. And that's fine, Elizabeth. We have a, a bit of a delay, but do you think the um, the fact that you didn't concentrate on the flute from a young age? As you got older, you're, you became more attracted to the instrument because you were playing the viola and the piano. Do you think the flute just shone out to you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I mean, how to say it? Uh, even when I was 18, because I was a bit uh, on a delay, of course, because when I started the flute for the age and the level I was supposed to play. So when I was 18... I was not. I didn't even finish the conservatory, so I couldn't do the bachelor. So I was a bit worried. So I'm not not sure if I wanted to to become a professional musician or make music my life. So I started university instead, and I did it for two years. I I was doing visual communications. I wanted to be a writer for TV and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> we learned so much. <laughs> So that, and then it's two years later. It's when I don't know how I had this inspiration, saying, "No, now I want to become flutist or a professional musician." Let's say you went to university <laughs> to study something completely different. Yep. Yes, and for two years that was. Yeah. That, this so is... actually, it was not until I was twenty that I started my bachelor. So, which is quite late, also. Let's say. Wow, that's, that's an inspiration to everybody that it's almost never too late, is it? Exactly. And time has given me reason. At, at that moment, I was worried when I was at that young age, when I was around my 20s, when I started the bachelor, and I, and I saw that I was older than the rest and that I was in delay respect of what was supposed. But I never, in, I, I never say, okay, maybe just do another thing, but I say, okay, just focus now you know you're on a delay but just go for it now it's a bit of a weird question but obviously the flute is quite is a very emotional instrument and the the parts that we're asked to play they're very emotional parts do you think that coming back to at the age of 20 when you were in effect i use this in inverted commas grown up do you think that gave you a different perspective on music and flute playing do you mean sorry i didn't get the question when 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 anybody listens to you elizabeth play you're a very passionate Uh player you put a lot of emotion in your uh performance do you think that not taking the flute seriously as a an instrument and a career until you were much older you were able to put more of that emotional um experience into your music and to understand what is expected of a performance Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't get the question before. Yes, I think so. Because maybe the fact of being older and also like having done other instruments and even a career, university, I was very grown up in this aspect. So I think that's why after it's that's why I have this particular maybe, let's say, uh, way of playing the flute. So passionate, but still uncontrolled things and like I was very, very strict at that moment then saying, OK, now it's you are late. So there's no more option. You cannot be more late. So you just now from now on, you just really need to go on. Because as, obviously you'll come across lots of brilliant flute players, certainly Chinese, young Chinese flute players are very technical. But the one thing you can't teach yes. is emotion and passion, is it? 
that's the one thing that yeah, is really hard to teach. It's really hard. And for instance, here in China, you see, because they have this school of starting so, so young and they just want to be perfect from the beginning. I mean, when I listen to young, young, young food players here, I, I find this sometimes. And I think it's, it's a bit of a pity because you have excellent, technically superior uh, players. But then if they have to play something slow tune or at some moment you say, okay, just do what you feel you want to play here. They get like pan- in, in panic, like what else? Uh, I played the, no- the notes right. I played everything. Uh, intonation was okay. What was the problem? And I say, yes, but now you need to tell me something. I mean, the notes were there, but now I want you to tell me story. I want you to tell me your feelings. I want to hear through the music. What do you feel? Yeah, and that is the one thing that differentiates good players from stunning, brilliant players is the ability to be able to make the hairs on the back of the neck stand up when they hear, to be able to, as you say, unlock the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I know I have sometimes I'm, I'm too passionate and I really, now I, I take care that I, I also need to control, not the other, no? not the other side to be too much passionate and then don't play the things uh, right. But I think it's it's all a question of a balance. It is, but you're Spanish. And anyone that's seen real flamenco will know that real flamenco is passionate. Not, exactly. not, not, not the flamenco that you get in resorts in Spain, but the real genuine flamenco is extremely mm-hmm. passionate. So it's, it's actually very hard if you're Spanish not to be passionate, isn't it? Exactly. I think that, <laughs> that comes in, in our NDA, right? It, it comes from fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in your DNA. It's in your DNA. I, DNA sorry, NDA, my English sometimes. <laughs> I, and what's your Chinese like now after a year? Uh, well, it's getting, it's getting something better sometimes, but it's really so, so difficult. Because it's totally, totally difficult to learn. And of course, the the moment you cannot read anything, you cannot guess the meaning. I mean, sometimes I've learned languages by reading and then you can deduce what it can mean or you can have a hint. But when they give you all these characters and it's like, yeah, great. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when you get when you get a Western uh, conductor in the orchestra, what language do you, they communicate in? English. English and then like uh, because not everyone speaks that good English in the orchestra, they 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 translate it, but normally in English. Uh-huh. And then when it's in Chinese, I'm the I'm the I'm the one in prob- in trouble. <laughs> Although I'm great at counting, I can count from one to one thousand very quick in Chinese. I also can understand when they say four bars before one letter or four bars after. I know now when it's only strings because at the beginning it was like only strings and then you, you hear that for them. Ah, and that, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Elizabeth, so, you just you just sit there and smile and you get away with it, won't you? Yeah, no, and then I say I learned to say sorry in Chinese, so I was smiling and saying, sorry, do you cheat? We mean sorry. And everyone was like, Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, I have to say I have lovely people in the orchestra which uh, make make it easier for me. Oh, it's, it's such a brave thing to do, to go so far away from home. But as you say, it is fantastic experience for you, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad. 
I I don't know how long I will be staying here because, of course, I don't see myself staying all the time in China. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not I'm not in, in a hurry to say, okay, I want to come back right now. It's like no, just let it happen, let it be, and you will see where it takes you. And that should be everybody's motto in life: see where life takes you. Exactly. So you're you're very big in Instagram and social media, aren't you? They <laughs> no, love you. We all love you over here. We love you on Instagram. No, <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> we have a great fam- flute family on Instagram, don't we? Everybody on there. Yeah. Very supportive, yeah, and it's just really, really nice, isn't it? It's one of these social media platforms where it's just nice to be on it. Yeah, and then you get to meet meet some incredible people, like we met yes. thanks to the social media. That's that's it. Let's say about that. So thanks to this, you can get in touch with many people from all the world, and I think this is just great. It is. I Maybe noticed when you're in New York, you know, someone you somebody noticed that you're flying to New York, and then within a few minutes, you get, oh, I'm in New York. Should we meet up? And that's the way life works, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, and I remember that I was like when I, I also was when I was going to New York. I was like, okay, um, can people like send me recommendations from hotels to stay? And then all in a sudden, like I have like five friends that were writing me a private message, like, "You're not going to a hotel. You, we get angry if you don't come and visit us." And it's like, wow, that's and it's like it's so beautiful and i i remember going there meeting a lot of people that i didn't know for real but i was knowing thanks to what we were saying not to social platforms and i i really enjoy it i mean i try to keep it uh, active you know like posting and and updating as as much as i can although sometimes of course it's complicated like when we have like crazy weeks at work is not that easy and also because here in china it's all this is blocked normally i couldn't <laughs> access to facebook or instagram so yes. <laughs> sometimes it's a problem oh it is a good old vpn helps but yeah i know it is a problem what, what's lovely is that you actually post up beautiful videos of you in the orchestra or you playing the piano or even you playing on the galway's course because you're a regular on, yeah. Jimmy, on uh, sir james galway's course aren't you Yes, I'm been always with them since. Let me think. It was 2011, I think, in quite a long time. Wow! And I only meet once their festival, which was last summer, because it, I was still on trial here, so I could not ask for a permission uh, while being on trial. It was too risky, and it was like very sad for me not to go. But this year I'm going. And for the first time, not as student, but as guest artist. And I'm so, so excited about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. That, I mean, that's, you know you've made it, don't you, Elizabeth? When the, no. uh, Sir James well, they, they have been very kind. Yeah, but when, when, they invite, when they invite you as a guest artist, you know, yeah, actually, I can play the flute now. <laughs> yeah. like no i don't play that bad it's okay it's, i don't play that bad <laughs> elizabeth what advice if any do you have to aspiring flute players firstly for younger flute players that are just listening to these podcasts as many of them do um, what advice could you give mm-hmm. to them 
the young flutist, what mm. I would say, well, the first thing is to love music. I think it's very important. Like to do it, just play the flute because you love it. Not Don't take it as an obligation, but as something that you really want to do. I think it's 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 key in the beginning because what were we saying before, no? Maybe like about, about the the Chinese young students that sometimes they from the beginning they're focused only in imp- on improving but not discovering how nice music can be. So that's definitely one of the things. Then of course never think like okay I'm I've done enough. Or always say okay I can do better. Not stress, but. I know I can do it better. And what I always suggest seeing now, nowadays, how complicated it's all world, because it's it's very nice to say I'm a musician, but all the dark things that are behind, and we all know it's not that easy. So what I suggest is be on the positive side. So stay away from comparing with others, saying, oh, this plays like this, the other play like this, I don't like, no, stay away from that and just think in oneself and how to improve and how to, how to be yourself playing. I think the not comparing yourself with others is great advice, especially as you started so late. That would have been very dangerous, wouldn't it, if you'd started comparing yourself with yeah, well, other because, And of course I did. I did it, and it, and it was awful. I mean, I remember like young kids coming to play. I, I remember my first lesson, actually, when I went to after doing the bachelor, I was when I moved to Paris to, to study. I was hearing all the, the music, all the, all the students, and of course they were younger than me, and they played three times better than me. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I have to play at then. Uh, I was like, I'm, I, I'm not able. And then before my lesson entered, I remember that a little girl, she was 11 years old. And I was like, Oof, okay, here comes a little one. So now she will play something easy, you know, and then it will be less. So she was playing exactly the same piece I had to play after. And she was playing it better. <laughs> and I was like, no way. <laughs> Well, I, do you know that that is a fundamental piece of advice that you know we should all take on board? Is just do not compare yourself with others. Exactly, because we're totally different persons. So it's like it's like if you compare yourself physically with someone else, we are every one of us. It's each. It's only one of us. We are unique. So we will have our way of playing, or or way of, of talking, or way of working. I mean. It's like like everything else. So comparison, I think, is something. It's it, no, it doesn't help. It's only to put uh, negativity, uh, and I don't think we we need that in music. Or at least I I always avoid this. Yeah, negativity. Yeah, there's social media is great. It's a wonderful flat platform for meeting people, to talking people, and posting up um, your exactly. your performances and just have a good chat, a good sort of social chat. But yes, it is guilty of also bringing negativity in. So you are exactly right. Just don't focus on the negatives. Let them just come and go, but focus on your own individual playing, your own individual okay. performance, and not worrying about other people. What advice would you give to anybody that is that perhaps started the flute many years ago when they were at school or college and then gave it up to go to work or have a family and they're considering coming back into flute playing? I first of all, I would really encourage them to do it because it's never late. 
I mean, if, uh, even if at some point they, they drop it for what you say, you know, for several reasons. So the moment of taking back, I would say, that, yes, take it from where it was. And uh, most of all, no, try to remember, take it easy at the beginning. Don't, don't pretend like, the, okay, now I want to play fast again and do everything just slowly. But I definitely would encourage, like, also it's, it's different, but somehow it's quite similar to what happened to me. I mean, I started very late and at some point I, I never dropped the flute, but those two years that I was at uh, university, I really was play. Uh, I also stopped the lessons in the conservatory. So I was really going maybe every week once or no, every two weeks going for lessons. So of course I didn't drop it, but I, it really became in a second term thing. And then, so it means that there's always the, the chance to go back and pick up the instrument. And I think if we take your advice, if uh, somebody's given up the flute or is considering get, returning back to study, coming back as an older person, there's going to be much more potential to your playing and to your sound and to your emotion and your ter- interpretation, isn't there? Yes, and in learning, of course, you it's you learn much faster because you're more smart. You're you get the things faster, and, and the the fact of being mature it makes I think it makes you have another conception for music. Yeah, I mean, you can talk for yourself about being more smart. I'm 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 sort of getting I'm getting crackers the older I get, Elizabeth. Oh, it's it's, it's very sweet of you to sort of speak to me today from your the other side of the world. You're off out to dinner, or are you going to cook yourself? Uh, I'm still debating. (laughs) 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 You know, the the good thing in China is that it's so easy to go out uh, anywhere, and, and I have to cook. I have things to cook, but but still, I want to do some things before dinner. So if I have time, maybe I cook. If not, it's easy to just go somewhere to eat something nice. On a, on an average day, just before I close, on an average day, if you've got orchestral rehearsals, do you actually practice, or do you use the orchestral rehearsals as as your form of um, blowing for the day? How do you? Um, I practice. You practice I as know, well. I practice. Yes. But sometimes I have to say, uh, sometimes I've had like crazy weeks that I was playing everything. So that was more more difficult because the rehearsals, we have two rehearsals per day no, normally. Wow. But I, I like very much. How, no, but it's not that long. And I like very much how it's made. It's We do 9.30 in the morning until noon. Mm-hmm. And then we have one hour and a half break. And then we start 1.30 until 3.30. Okay. So if you put together all the hours, it's not. It's like it will be like a long rehearsal, but it's nice to split it like this because it's uh, you can work more. And then actually, you finish at three thirty. It's very early, half past three. So you you have time for practicing, for doing other things, or going out, or going to the gym. I don't know. You have. Uh, I, I like it because it, it's you. You have time. So you lead a very busy life, and so on that note, I'd better let you go and get some dinner, Elizabeth. <laughs> the, oh, I'm Spanish. I, I'm not eating on quarter past six, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be eating at 11, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will you? Uh, although I have to say I, I change, uh, and I love to, to be in a more decent times. 
so when I go back uh, home and it's like at 12, I'm suddenly saying, well, I'm hungry. And everyone looks at, what's wrong with you? We normally have lunch at 2, 2.30. <laughs> it's like, yes, I know. Elizabeth Definitely. Frank. Elizabeth Frank, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jean-Paul. Take care. Thank you, you too. And that brings us to the end of Talking Flutes Extra podcast this week. Please don't forget to subscribe to keep on getting these weekly pods. So until next week, wishing you a wonderful musical time ahead. Goodbye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.